Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. It is time for that Davis show. Yeah, I don't know how long we're going to keep that name, that name with Ryan B. Ski. It's our show. Uh, I am Kenneth Davis, the host of That Davis Show. You can follow me at That's Davis. You know, the executive producer of Flipping Friends and That Davis Show, Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and on Instagram at Ryan B. Ski one uh, We definitely got some topics to get into as we kind of figure out how we're going to do on the show. If you don't know, Ryan has moved to Tempe, Arizona. Uh, we plan on kind of giving you some shows, depending on if we go live in the morning a couple times during the week uh, outside of the flip. So we're going to see how that goes and you let us know what you think about it. Um, uh, I couldn't do this show yesterday. We were supposed to do this show yesterday. And also check out the interview that we did with Jordan Malley from Locked On Bulls and also a producer of 670 at the score uh, about the Bulls. Uh, we had his partner, Matt Peck, on about two months ago. Uh, so go check out that interview. Um, it should be out now wherever you can find most of the stuff that we post, and we definitely appreciate it. So listen, I couldn't do the show yesterday because my mind was blown back, to say the least. Um, it, it had already come from the point of uh, uh, seeing what happened with um, the, Kenosha, uh, the Kenosha ruling uh, with Jacob uh, seeing what happened with the call to uh, the the the, the to, to, to the president's call to the Secretary of State of Georgia, which is just mind blowing. Uh, watching the the election of the Senate members in Georgia and how it went. That was yesterday. Was Wednesday, Tuesday night. Uh, seeing how that was going, Ronak of course went in and waiting to see what was going to take place. Uh, with Purdue's seat, and then getting up the next morning and, and watching uh, the traditional January 6th uh, electoral college assessment from uh, the Congress when they accept the votes and uh, basically uh, would nominate or accept the nomination of that that, that the next president. Uh, I remember seeing Ted Cruz up there, and I'm not in real time while I'm watching it, and I see my phone's like, the Capitol building is being shut down. It's been going on lockdown. And I'm like, this is wild business, right? Uh, so, of course, I start fast forwarding and I start to see just the ransacking of the capital of <laughs> country. And it, it was mind blowing. Like, listen, I'll say this. And Ryan, I mean, you, you're white. White people, y'all are wild business. I know you look at black people. All right. And a lot of it is due to poverty. But <laughs> like poverty is a different beast, especially when it's systematic. But um, desperations and poverty. Yes, desperation, and also the system is set up. You know, what I'm saying to benefit off of the people that are stuck in poverty uh, on many different levels. But that's not what we're talking about right now. But to see off top, taking it from the tippy, didn't get that part because this is too important and too funny. But to sit there and watch people going to the Capitol building to see Capitol Police with guns drawn at the door. I believe that was to the Senate um, and, and just waiting to let it ride to see the young lady get get shot, crawl, trying to crawl through the door. I mean, it was just so wild to take in what happened yesterday. 
uh, in this country. And then just to pose that to the fact that, you know, damn well, if they was black, they would have been shooting all of them motherfuckers. Like, listen, if they was black, it'd have been a lot of dead black people yesterday. Mm. At least, all right. And listen, and they made that they would have been brutal, brutalized outside of just being shot. Uh, but to see the fact that, that that these terrorists, domestic terrorists, were allowed to come inside of the Capitol to see what I mean. I, listen, we don't know right now, but common sense dictates that the Capitol Police or somebody were aiding these people. And you see some of the Capitol Police. I saw one Capitol Police person come in and just like, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, and to see that they, they said they were going on an easier stance than what took place during the summer during the George Floyd protest that took place in Washington, D.C. Um, it's wild. Listen, it's so wild. It's like, is this cool or not? Because it's, it's just how wild it is. It's like, listen, it, 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 I was talking to my little cousin and um, we talked for a couple hours today. And he said to me, he said, man, and you, we thought 2020 was over and we six days, we, we were six days in and in a week we went through all of that in a short sample size. What I opened up to, uh, which, which, which is taking place when it comes to the, the political temperature in this, 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 this country. Um, and then to see, for instance, like um, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham's bitch ass. He's going to sit there and be like, listen. I've had a terrific ride with Donald Trump, but this is enough. And to see the people who have basically allowed him to do the things that he was doing and going along with his lies or corroborated his lies, I guess is a better way for me to say it, who have corroborated his lies um, that have affected these people. But the one thing I did see, someone was like, um, he radicalized these people to a certain degree. These people were there before Donald Trump. He just became their vessel. This this wasn't like without Donald Trump, you know, these people didn't have these emotions. He gave them a focus, a focal point, you know, so they could focus on and also something that they could follow. You know, so when you because you got to think you had just you had some outright, you had white nationalists, you had Proud Boys there, you had gun rights people there. He became a, a fulcrum. For these people, you know what I'm saying, and it's, and we've been talking about these people for since, since forever, uh, since basically uh, since the Civil War. To be be honest with you, we've been talking about these people, you know what I'm saying, these terrorists that have been allowed to uh, do whatever in this country because of their skin color. And I don't care if you don't care about it; it's just true for the fact, you know what I'm saying. But like you can tell me some things about my people, and I own up to it. You just got to take the same with your own people. Uh, but to see it take place. And the nation's nation's capital to see uh, Trump's in the squad on Mike Pence. It's like, listen, listen, crazy boy, Ryan. I was gonna put this in a group text today, but I didn't. So I was looking at the news. I've been, I've been so before this took place. I've been basically all news, news. Like I've been kind of in sports, but I've been all news, news since probably last week. And I mean, I'm a heavy news person anyway, but I've been just news for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. I, Outside of this past weekend, I think I watched sports this past weekend, like uh, college playoffs and stuff like that, the Bears game. But outside of that, I've been all, all news news. And I heard while I was watching the news today, someone was like, you know, cause if you didn't know, uh, on Tuesday, uh, Vice President Mike Pence met with Donald Trump and Donald Trump uh, took him to the Oval Office and browbeat him on trying to convince him to uh, commit to the coup. Right. And Pence won because it wouldn't have worked 
right? They didn't have enough votes, so it wouldn't have worked. And he would have just ruined his career, you know, and he's been planning all this time while he's been bootlicking Trump to use those, uh, um, uh, use Trump's fan base to sit there and uh, help him become the next uh, president of the United States in 2024. Al Gore. Prince basically was like, uh, yeah, but Al Gore messed it up because he, he distanced himself too much from Clinton. Like, you got to bring up some of the, the wins that you and Clinton had at a little bit ahead and lying. You shouldn't have just totally distanced yourself from Clinton. But that's a discussion for a whole nother day. The kids don't even understand that discussion. The kids don't understand that. But the fact is, so after Trump said there, browbeat Pence and said, listen, you got to do this. We got to overturn the, this election. And Pence was like, son, no, I'm not doing it first. Pence was just like, dude, this ain't even going to work. So why are you putting me in this shit when the shit's not going to work? It's, this is how it works. they like, well, Trump called him a vulgarity. And I had to hit after them. She's upstairs. I was in the basement. She usually work on different levels. I had to hit up and was like, they said Trump called him a vulgarity after he said no. So Pence basically tells him, my son, I'm not doing that shit. And Trump's like, man, you a bitch. Because you know that was a vulgarity. You know, he didn't call you motherfucker. He called him a bitch. Imagine being Mike Pence, right? You're you, fired, bitch. Right? You have rolled with him for four years, right? And Shuddy's asking you to do the craziest of crazies, right? And you're like, dude, that doesn't even make sense. It's not going to even work what you're asking me to do. And like, you just kind of reasoned with him. And then after that, you've been solid with him. He's like, man, you a bitch. Dude, like I, I said yesterday that if I was Mike Pence, I would have acted real cool, right? Because we hear now that he's upset because Mike Pence's wife and his daughter was with him on Capitol Hill yesterday. So it's even worse. So he's upset that while the, the insurrection was taking place, Trump didn't reach out to check on him. I also let you know how they exchanged pleasantries that he expected for Trump to check out on him, right? So he's like, man, you ain't even check on my family. You sent the squad down there? I would have been like, you know what? I'd be like, man, you know what? My bad, man. I'm going to come up there. We got we to fix this. I'm gonna, I just want to come talk to you. Because I don't know if Mike Pence can be arrested if he starts beating the ass of the president. Because, Ryan, if it was you, my buddy, I'm coming to see you. And there's going to be some furniture moving after you sent the mob. So <laughs> you knew I was there. You knew I was there, right? And sent the mob up there and Giuliani told him, listen, we're going to go up there, man, and we're going to fight, right? And either we're going to be dumb or we're going to be right. And I'm definitely surmising that. But um, it's just, it was wild buns, man. It was, a, listen, that was, if all the memes where you see how it was like how black people were looking at it were damn near accurate. It was wild, uh, to say the least. And it's, I can make fun. See, this is the funny part of it. See, I can make fun of it because I wasn't there. So you see all these senators and uh, representatives, right? And they've been coddling Donald Trump. They've been going along with his lies, knowing that they're lies, just using them because he has such a strong uh, constituency, right? And they, this, is the, this is the thing for you all to remember about these people. Regardless of if you're on the other side of this side, they didn't give a flying fuck until their lives were in danger. It was not real to them. And we all, see the problem is they don't live in this world. We all live in this world and we know, like I'm black, I know the things that Trump say can affect me. You know what I'm saying? Just from police harassment, just from emboldening racists, right? But see, they haven't really been affected by, yeah, on social media or whatever, but it hasn't been in their fucking face. And when that shit was in their face, 
you saw motherfuckers sing a whole different MF and tune, which it shouldn't, and this is a problem with politics, it shouldn't take that for you to pay attention to what's going on in the world and what's going on with your constituency, even the constituency that you necessarily don't look like. And that was the, 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 the I will say eye opening because it's not like I didn't know, but that was one of the things I took from yesterday. Like now, now you mad? You know, so now Lindsey Graham is talking about, man, shit is wild. Shit's been wild. Now uh, Mulvaney is sitting there talking about that he's not going to, um, he had to resign where Mulvaney was just sitting there talking about COVID wasn't real uh, nine months ago, right? All these people dead from COVID, you know, like playing games, you know what I'm saying? And that, see, that's what you should be mad at, regardless of if someone's telling you something you like or not, it's the fact that they fucking playing with you and we all allow it. I won't even just say that the, the people that are falling for the okie doke with Trump are the only ones. But to the degree that they're falling for it is the real issue. Like y'all are falling for like the dubbest okie doke because it, it, it fits into the echo chamber that you like, you know, and just because you like an echo chamber doesn't just mean you go along with it. You just got to look at just straight facts. Listen, be honest with you. There are not uh, Democrats do not have enough control of this country to fix an election. All right. Like and, and, and I'm not even going to make it seem like Democrats are better people than Republicans. But we know like Republicans get down. That. Like that's listen, that's why in some ways they're better than Democrats, because Republicans don't give no fucks. All right. They will they will go from this way to this way as long as they, they get what necessary what they want. It's not to say the Democrats haven't done the same. They have done the same. Usually they don't do it as much. And even if they do it, they don't do it in your face. Uh, the way that you necessarily see Republicans, but you just you, you, you got to come throughout the lives. You can still um, be a white nationalist and be proud of your race. You still be a person that love guns, but you still shouldn't allow someone to fucking lie to you, even if you like the lies. That's the point that I want to make. Well, I totally agree, but I think uh, it's kind of the same thing when you first opened up where if, let's say, black people were at the Capitol probably would get shot up like crazy and it's part of the machine right and like you said poverty like you know makes people go wild whatever like that's part well, of the poverty makes you, it makes you it makes you 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 don't have a lot of access to certain things um but just and, but your specific example i'm saying yeah, I'm poverty, saying, like poverty white people you. looking at black people like oh you're crazy or right, something right. for being poor or something like that or you're but wild because i'm from the actions right. that i'm in from the actions that are called from poverty right so see crime and you like white black people are crazy you, majority of those are due to the fact of the economic situation that black people have been trapped sure. and the point is that i'm trying to make at least these people are kind of the other side of the coin in a way because some of them, some of them are poor. Though. Yes. So, well, some of them this, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking. I'm sorry. About I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. I'll be quiet. I'm talking about the machine. We are talking about the full on machine and the machine has obviously kept minorities down. But right. part of the machine's success is getting a wide majority of rural America to believe that their freedom is completely uh, in danger if they are to allow others to come up at all. Great point. The super powerful in this country, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. They're probably in the same room talking they to each are. other. Friends. It's, not, it's not all of them, right? It's not these lowly congressmen or whatever, or even some of these senators. We're talking the high, high ups and the lizard people, if you will, behind yeah. these people. Mitch McConnell's. Right. We're yeah. talking the 
what do they do? They have minorities going after white people and white people going after minorities because then they're clashing and they can just sit up above, insulated, high up above. And living in way too much of rural America, I can tell you what rural Americans love. They love the simplicity and conservativeness of their bubble more than anything. Like when I would talk to people in North Dakota and they're like, oh, you lived in Chicago? That blew their mind. They were like, I never could. I never, never could. Because they want, they want day in and day out to be completely under their control. And that's not very you know, odd for human behavior because a lot of humans like to have control and are control freaks. So I look at these people and I think a majority of them, there's definitely plenty of them that are just kind of like rotten apples, period, that are just like terrible, white nationalist, crazy people. But I think a lot of the people there are buying into those theories and they're not really thinking about it whatsoever. And they are following along with this idea that if we allow the Democrats, let's say, who are the enemy at this point, to come up, that means that poor middle-class whites are going to be brought down. The problem isn't, to me, and I wish these people would see this, it's not about you know, who's in the office, because Donald Trump wasn't doing anything for anybody anyways. Like, who was he helping? He was helping himself and his people and his one percenters. That's where a lot of these people are misguided. 401ks. He was helping when the economy was going well. Sure, you got to give something. I mean, I'm sure even the hardened most conservative could point to some things that Obama did well. Like, it's impossible for a president, unless they're just completely inept, to not affect the majority of the country in a positive way somehow. If you're a really bad president, if you can't give something to everybody, at least even if it's just this tiny little, little, little bit. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's it's the machine at work again. It, it, it's this misguidedness and it's everything's going to be relayed back to the George Floyd protests. It's going to continue more clashing, more arguing. Oh, no, our thing was different. Oh, no, 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 no. It was different. This, this and that. And it's always the minute details and we lose the focus. And the main focus is who are these people at the top making these decisions? Who are these people that are just like you said, the Lindsey Graham's, these people that we uh, that are just totally allowing some of this BS. But then it's also the Democrats that are bringing in BS. Like, what has Nancy Pelosi done in her lifetime as a Democratic leader? I know she's gotten really rich. It's stuff like that that you've got. There's no Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, apologist over here. I know her office got fucked up. But I mean, it's like, there's, I'm with you. There's no, I mean, when you look at the totality of it, uh, it's still when you look at someone like Nancy Pelosi and you see how the new left, um, you know, they 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 want they want more. And, you know, it was harder for her to retain her her seat at the head of the House this go round. Of course, they lost some seats to some Republicans. But we know that a lot of the progressives want more. And they, they also the last time when she got when they when they took uh, got control of the House in 2018, that she had to bargain with them that they weren't going to let some of the old heads continue to get some of the, the, the seats and some of the be on some of these uh, panels in charge of necessarily some of these committees because you can, you, you, you're, you're blocking out the younger people from rising up. I mean, I know in our uh, community, like for instance, like the black community, that's been a problem where sometimes with some of the past leaders, 
uh, haven't been necessarily nurturing uh, to or nurturing enough, but also willing to step back and let new leadership step forward because. I remember, and I'm, I'm just from looking at like uh, the Malcolm X movie when Elijah Muhammad was talking about like how intoxicating that media light can be. You know, what I'm saying it's the most one of the most powerful drugs, if not the most powerful drug ever. Oh yeah, absolute people, power corrupts absolutely. Exactly, and people don't want to give up their time in the spotlight, even if their their mission in the spotlight was to benefit others. And you've watched House of Cards, right? No, okay. and I'm not now because he's you know he's also yeah. Yeah, I can't go back now since he on that old fuck when he was on that fuckery. So essentially, like they try to show the dirty side of politics, and I think they show a very good picture of what it really is. I mean, it's I got you this, so you owe me forever. I did this, so you owe me. I have this on you, so you owe me. And everybody compromises what they really want because they know. Hey, if I don't do or fall in line, I'm going to get exposed and then I'm out of the show. It's almost like what we the, like baseball players when you see in like movies where it's like the old guy like it's your last chance at the show, Billy. You got to <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. It's your last chance. And this is how these people are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The drug is in them. They want to have that spotlight like you said and you know, when you're I don't know, a lowly congressman in some area. And then you go to D.C. and you're treated like royalty. And then doors start opening up for you that you didn't think would open before. And then some people are greasing the wheels because they see somebody powerful. Like you get drugged into that life and it's hard to give it up, especially when you're just a congressperson. You don't actually have any particular talent. It's not like you're like Drake or something that has a talent that he can give out to the world for monetary reasons. And then he becomes very rich and people see him as powerful, blah, blah, blah. You're just like Jeff, whatever. You just happen to get a bunch of people to vote for you. And as soon as they stop, you're just Jeff, whatever again. Mm. I agree. I mean, totally, you know, look at the, uh, Josh Hawley and listen, you know, it's a line in four, four, four from Jay Z talking about, uh, some issues in his marriage and he used an analogy of don't end up like Eric Benet, Holly uh, uh, Berry's ex-husband. And I'd use that to say, don't end up like Ted Cruz, where a man is insulted your wife, your father, and you, because, just because you want a chance at, at, at getting his constituency, you lick his boots and do his bidding. I mean, he don't even listen. He don't even treat Ted Cruz like Lindsey Graham. Like Lindsey Graham and Trump been like kicking it. Like Lindsey Graham, like man, the rock. Like he's really, really, dog. We've been kicking it. I don't know if y'all don't know, but the blow has been nice, right? We've been out there playing golf, hitting bumps, doing whatever the hell we want to do. Like Ted Cruz hasn't even gotten that type of benefit, and he smoked him during the election, and he disrespected your family, and you out here uh, just taking it. Uh, to the backside. D- don't be like Ted Cruz. I don't even want to say as a man because I disrespect women and women should have the same amount of pride that a man should have. Don't be Ted Cruz. Well, I mean, he's the junkie that needs that spotter in case he ODs Please. and starts throwing up. Just watch me because I got the. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got the. I, I got right, right. Mm. <laughs> the big F. I got that milky white stuff that Mike yeah. went. Forget this H. Let me get this fentanyl going. Spit it. All right. All right. So we gave you our political uh, thoughts because it was pertinent. It was big.
and it's my show. I mean, it's Ryan's too, but we'll do whatever we want to. No, I mean, it's a sports show, but it's big. And we know sports shows talk politics now anyway, so get over it. And if you've been a fan of Dan Davis and that Davis show, you know that's how it goes. So let's get into some sports around here in Chicago. Uh, this Sunday, Lucky Saints and Alvin Kamara. This Sunday. Uh, the, Sunday not happen this week. Can we just not game, have Sunday? Well, could it have been Saturday? Because if it was Saturday, Alvin Kamara wouldn't have been out there. Right. I don't know about you really quick. When I saw that Sunday 440, I was like, I really have to wait an extra day for this shit. They couldn't just put it on Saturday and get this over with. No, not this, not this. Because when you have such a large market in Chicago and then you have a team that's viewed as being one of the NFC uh, contenders in the Saints. They're the second to last game. Oh, it's going to be the worst game probably of the weekend. Unless Washington puts up a fight on Tampa. No, the Bears game would be better than Washington versus Tampa because, I mean, you got to look at it. Washington doesn't have an offense, and at least it seems like uh, that the offense with Bill Lazor and Mitch being reinserted into the starting lineup uh, is 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 decent. I mean, to be honest with you, if, if they've been able, outside of the last game against the Packers, they've been averaging 30 points. And if you go back to the Saints game earlier this year, Saints didn't win the overtime. It was a low-scoring game, and Drew Brees is back. It's not even like you have to deal with uh, – well, you still have to deal with Taysom Hill, but you don't have to deal with him in the starting lineup. I don't know if you would prefer to have him with Drew Brees anyway, but you still have him being the Swiss Army knife. Um, but, yeah, the Bears have a chance um, from what happened earlier in the season. They have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win, but – I just don't like where the defense is at. Like, earlier in the season when they played the Saints, they were flirting still with elite. They ain't flirting with the lead anymore. No, but see, I'll tell you why I disagree with that. Early in the season when they played the Saints and Nick Foles, the quarterback, they weren't able to score as easy as they've been able to score with having Mitch Trubisky in the game. So, actually, they should be able to score, and they weren't committed to the run game uh, as much as when they had Mitch in the game. So, depending on healthy David Montgomery is with what seemed like a knee element that he had last week when he planted his leg like that. Um, no, they had, listen, you know how I feel about the bears. I'm not, yeah, bears. But if it, since it's not, um, uh, uh, green Bay, I mean, green Bay is the only team in the NFC, I think. And then you may bring up one that I'm not thinking about, but they're the only NFC team where I'll be like, man, the bears can't beat them. You know what I'm saying? Like, we said that last week. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. They can be Seattle. They can be Seattle. We're saying right. that would we put our money on these teams? Hell no. We would, you know what I'm saying? We would bet on Seattle. We would bet on the Saints. Right, right. Bears. But is it a, but, but I, would I feel like it's a, it's a lock? No. I don't feel by any means that it's a lock that the Bears cannot beat those teams. So the, there's a chance that the Bears may be able to beat them because they score more. Now, if this was a situation like it was when the Bears played the Saints early in the year and they were scoring in the teens, I would say that there's not a chance whatsoever. But, I mean, if the Bears can put up 30-something-odd points, there's a chance. You know what I'm saying? Because that's – and I mean, you listen, you and me have been riding on Drew Brees for about two or three years at least about Johnny ain't been right. Or at the towards the end of the year, he's yeah. – so to Wayne, that was our first thing. Hey, Chucky, Chuck Pagano, a little word of advice. Press up. He can't throw deep. Right. You know what I'm saying? So and that's not Aaron Rodgers either. You know what I'm saying? Like you if you can send a little bit of heat 
and he's not going to pick you apart. Now, let's say that Drew Brees still isn't is a very good quarterback. That's not Drew Brees, Drew Brees from four years ago. You know what I'm and saying? And Aaron Rodgers has such great pocket presence and movement. Like, Drew Brees ain't on that level. He's not. He's not on that level. And particularly, he's not on that level right now. Right. Um, so, uh, to me, there's definitely a chance. I mean, and, and even with me saying Alvin Kamara, uh, the Bears have been good at stopping elite running backs, even though I know he got busy. The Bears have definitely been good at a stopping elite running backs, but even without him, they have Latavius Murray, who has been a decent substitute. Um, uh, the question will be, the question will be how the secondary plays and the pressure up front. You know, like because I mean, Jalen Johnson. Listen, I'll tell you this: if if it's going to be an issue, if Roquan Smith's elbow is as bad as the Sydney. Yes. Yep. Because that's where you – I would say you need him in a passing game. You don't even just need him in a passing game. You need him going from sideline to sideline. You also need him at times being a guy that can come up and be the linebacker that's rushing the QB. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely hurt. Jalen Johnson's status um, definitely can can affect uh, necessarily this this team. And those are the questions that I have. Um, but and, and then you're looking at uh, – this is back. This harkens back to the bounty gate defense and the defense they had two years ago, not last year. They have a really good defense in the Saints. See, that's why I'm struggling with this. Like, I'm with you. The Packers are an ultimate lock. But I think if there's another lock, it's the Saints team because of that defense. Like, the Seahawks, that defense is gettable. And you go down the line, basically every defense is gettable in the NFC for the Bears. That when the Bears play a really good defense, they can get pressure and they can actually defend the weapons. Boy, do they struggle to score points! It yeah. is just such a turnaround with their output. I just I don't feel good about it whatsoever because then it's like Sean Payton versus Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor for an offensive chess match against two good defenses. Who's going to win that? Oof! I, I don't feel good about the Bears. Uh, and you shouldn't. I mean, uh, listen, you got to put Sean Payton ahead. It's not even a question. I just say ahead of Matt Nagy. Sean Payton uh, is one of the top three or four play callers in the NFL, period. All right? Like, easily mm-hmm. up there with Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, uh, so on and so forth. I don't know if you necessarily – You think he's ahead of Kyle? Yeah. I, I, I don't think so. Out of years that he's worked, he's ahead of Cal. But at he, least he didn't blow a Super Bowl twice. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't call audibles. You know what I'm saying? I, and I, I would think Matt Ryan has the ability to be like, "Yeah, I'm about to give it to Devontae Freeman and not mess this up." I'm with you, but why nine banana? That's all you need to call if you're Kyle. Yeah, you're right. I, you got that pass. But uh, yeah, so I, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, if the Bears can withstand the first blow, blows from the Saints, the first blows from the Saints, uh, and, and hang in there, uh, there's there's a chance. And it'd be I'll tell you what, because of the fact that the Saints have at times, you know, throughout the last decade, come and been a pain to the Bears. It'd be nice to see us knock the Saints out back like we did. Um, what was that? Oh five six. 06, yeah, 06. It'd be good to see that with the Reggie Bush flip game. Uh, oh, boy. Can you believe Drew Brees was the quarterback back back then? It's kind of crazy right. to think about. He'd been in the league for a second then. How uh, many quarterbacks have the Bears had since then? Probably five to six. Yeah. 
probably five to six, I would say. I'm not about to count them either. And the average NFL career is five years? And so if no. you add six? I think it's four years. It okay, to- four. So then uh, if you times that by six, they've had 24 years of quarterback. <laughs> that doesn't even equal Drew Brees. It may be even more when I throw Mike Glennon in there. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's bad business. Yeah. So you talk Cutler, McCown. What was oh the no- God, I forgot about the kid. What was the Notre Dame kid? Don't forget uh, Sexy uh, Rexy. Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. Kyle forget- Orton. Sexy Rexy, Kyle Orton. I totally forgot those two at that point. Chad Henney. Was Chad Henney was one of them, right? I think Chad. No, Chad wasn't yeah. with us, right? How hell yeah, I believe. I saw him the other day and I was like, wasn't Chad Henney? We got a Google. Oh, Chad Hutchinson. You're right. Chad Hutchinson. Um, who else? Well, you got Glennon, you got Mitch, Mitch, you got Foles, you got Chase Daniels, probably a David Fails in there somewhere. Yeah, so it's been, <laughs> it's sad. That's sad. That's sad to say the least. <laughs> so those yeah, what, is, what are your keys, Ryan, as far as what you think the Bears need to do to defeat the, the Saints? I think they got to do a Minnesota Vikings. Honestly, they got to come out strong and punch them in the mouth. I think if if they don't get out to a lead or at least come out with some really good energy that can like, you know, at least start off with some momentum. I don't like the idea at all. If the Bears are at all in the situation like they had against Green Bay, where you're down, you know, multiple scores start getting to 10, 14. I really don't like the Bears. That means they're just going to keep getting more and more one-dimensional, and that's just batty, batty, bad, bad, bad. I want to see them come out like they did against Green Bay, get that opening touchdown, and then if you get an opportunity like that special teams uh, fumble recovery, you've got to score some touchdowns. And that's what Minnesota did a year ago because nobody expected Minnesota to go into New Orleans with fans, by the way, and beat them. I said it on 670 to score, and I had I people believe it. tell me I was crazy. Right. Everybody was picking the Saints. I did not. I saw that happening because one of how we felt about Drew Brees, uh, you and I. And that's why I said it on. I had a guy from Emmett from uh, Nashville, uh, from Tennessee. And he was like, man, Ken, you said that the, 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 the Vikings going to beat the Saints. I said, watch. The Vikings are going to and beat the Saints. Because they well, – you know what? Because they were ready, and it, that's a, that. That's it again. We keep sometimes we fall into this thing because the Saints are sexy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they wear black. They got the the Florida Lee on their helm. Right. Drew Brees. We like Drew Brees and stuff right. like that. You know what I'm saying? So they're they're sexy. We know they're offensive team. But when the playoff, down in New Orleans, right? When the playoff hits, they always stumble, and that's why I'm not like. Man, the Bears ain't got no chance because the Saints, that that playoff team, that, you know what the Saints, the Saints are like the, and they they won the title. So give them that that, that right, even though it was a long time ago. But the Saints are like Mighty Schottenheimer's uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, where they straight, but you know, it's not, it, in all fairness, they're not going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Damn, poor Marty. Even you could say that about his Chargers teams. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's written in the cards, right? Like you, it's, it's a, just a part of you. It's just, it's, you just, you don't take it to that next level like that. You know what I'm saying? And we're talking about a, a compromised QB with compromised ribs, right? That, that, them, them tender ribs, tender love. You got to go. And I'm you, hungry for some ribs now. Hey, Akeem Hicks, 
You got to lay on them. Listen, not the full Akeem Hicks. We know you like to go across the line, but you got to lay on them. Roll, listen, hit them the lay, but do the roll off after. Right. But right. you got to lay on them and let them know what, what, what time it is. And then I'll say this too. Uh, and this applies to the Saints and to uh, the Seattle Seahawks. These teams, these 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 teams where and the Seahawks don't play in a dome, but they have a home advantage because of their fan base. And the Saints play in a dome, so weather wise, they're straight. But also, it heightens um, the amount of sound that you get from mm-hmm. that's gone. So right. yeah, Jerizas have to play outdoors, so it benefits them. But they don't have their fans. And on top of them not having their fans, you don't have that amount of noise on offense that stops you from being able to hear and necessarily you have to go to a silent count. So, like, there, there's an advantage now where there's a disadvantage to the Saints because that whole field advantage isn't as strong as what it usually is. And that's what you got to take advantage of. This is not the same. The only advantage they have is that man with the arm that's decreased and doesn't have to play out in the wind. You know, until if he wins, he ends up going to Green Bay or Tampa Bay or wherever he's going to go. I'm with you. I think that's totally on the nose. That's why I go back to what I said. If a fighter in a boxing match, like, leaves their chin open. Oh, remember. What was uh, that? My bicycle just fell out of nowhere. Oh, they, yeah. They break it. They break it. No. Take me. <laughs> Tempe, get down to Tempe right now. Did Trump send them? Timber. Oh, he heard us. Oh, we got spies. Who's the Takashi? We got windows. <laughs> A boxer that leaves his chin open, you gotta hit his chin. Thanks. You've got to take advantage and not just like sit there with a conservative little game plan like, oh, we just got to hang around. We just got to hang around to the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, that works when you got a quarterback that can really execute late. Mitch can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mitch can do some good things for sure, but we can't be going crazy about Mitch. I was so kind of happy with this Green Bay game because it's like some of these Mitch stands came back to reality. It's like, yeah, Mitch can dominate a bad defense. What is he doing against a good defense? He's probably going to struggle, and he's going to have an up-and-down game, I'm sure. And there's going to be times where we're like just slamming our hand against a wall or something like that, saying, like, this is the guy. This is the guy you freaking picked. But, of course, he's going to do some things with his legs that allow the offense to actually function, unlike Nick Foles. And that threat of him running allows the run game to work. But they got to come out with energy, passion, like you said, with the defense. Come out there, take advantage of Drew Brees. Like, do exactly what Mike Zimmer did, that brilliant game plan a year ago. Let Drew Brees throw it deep. We don't think he can. We're going to press everything up. We're going to take away everything underneath. Let's force this dude and get that pass rush going and go after him. That's that's exactly the model that Chuck Pagano should do. And on offense, the Bears, if you get any type of opportunity early, you have to take advantage. And you got to try to get a lead and not this, oh, let's field goal kick our way to being sticking around in the fourth quarter. And that's when we'll make our run. You still got to score points. I'm with you to a certain degree because you got to know who you are. And you got to score points when the opportunity is to score points. The Bears going sure. just a fourth quarter. Like when, listen, Matt Nagy irritated me when he complained about that last, that, 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 that fifth, fourth uh, down that they went on. Dude, you won the lottery four times on this team. Like, you're not, this isn't one of those teams offensively. Like, man, you can't stop us, right? 
you lucked up and won the lottery four times, and now you're like, man, that fourth time, we should have been able to make it. And basically, Allen Robinson didn't beat his man. Uh, talking to J.J. Uh, Stankovich on Sean Amaya uh, on Monday was one of the things that he pointed out, right? I will say this, and it's not the Saints have a really good secondary, too, just like Green Bay. You're going to have to work Allen Robinson into this game. And you, how about how Mitch missed that touchdown with Allen Robinson against Green that's Bay? Mitch, that's, Should that's have been Mitch. thrown into You're right, it. But, that's, that's but I think that's, that's going to be the difference between them potentially beating the Saints and not. It's going to be th- those opportunities that he gets. It could be. I'm not. I would hope. Listen, if you're putting in that situation, sometimes that's the problem. Also, man, you gotta you gotta have Jimmy Graham and Cole commit. You gotta have these high guys out there to be these uh, these in these red zone threats, these end zone threats, I should say, uh, and take advantage of that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's one of the things. Like you have to make it simple. But even with making it simple, sometimes, man, Mitch, he'll just miss his guy, and that's what when you're talking about the Mitch stance. Excuse me. That's the problem. Well, Mitch is still Mitch, and he'll just miss the open man or throw in the triple coverage. You know what I'm saying? Or throw it behind someone, and not when they're open, and it looks like he's throwing this triple coverage, i.e. like the Allen Robinson situation in the game against Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? But um, there's a chance. Uh, I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like if they play the same game they played against Green Bay, there's a chance the Bears can come out and win it. Yeah, I would say just add a few more. Like, even though he's not great at it, you've got to throw in some more deep shots. You've got to get some more chunk plays so that some of these field goals can maybe become more like touchdowns. Because that Darnell Mooney big mm -hmm. play was phenomenal. I I think without it, the Bears get even way more smoked. And that was just one play. But to think about it like this, they basically, and with the the, the Rams, I mean, the Saints had their starters there. They that game was what ten to thirteen or was it thirteen to sixteen? But something like, like that. something like they won by three a field goal of a field goal and a OT. But I mean, if you look at that and you have the same game plan that you had against the Packers, who are a better team, you there's a chance you could pull out because you almost outside of the fourth quarter had a chance. Now we know the truth was you weren't going to beat the Pack, but you had a chance to beat them. And I don't look at the Saints is being the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they look, Drew Brees, I'm with you. Drew Brees is not playing on the MVP level that Aaron Rodgers has, uh, has gone. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the, you can't, like, dude, you give Aaron Rodgers two and a half seconds, you're done. You know, Aaron so, Rodgers looks like Drew Brees in 06 with Rex Grossman as Drew Brees now. Facts. So, oh, you put the Rex Grossman on the Drew Brees. But uh, yeah, so that's. I, I, Compared to A Rodge? I would say that the uh, the Saints should win, but I think the Bears could definitely pull that one out. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I yeah, I'm rooting for the I'm actually rooting for the Bears to pull it out because uh, I think they have a chance to pull it out and kind of shock the world. Um, and since we already know everybody's coming back, even though there's rumors that perhaps the Bears may change their front office, uh, Ryan Pace switch them out with uh, uh, one of the uh, front office people from the Kansas City Chiefs, which I guess would mean that Matt Nagy should feel uh, safe. Um, we basically know everybody's coming back. Could have so, done that before with Chris Ballard, but didn't want to do that. You know how I feel about Chris Ballard. But I don't think they like the fact that Chris Ballard, Ballard would hold that mirror up to him because he had been in the house before, and they didn't like when he told him, like, I'm going to tell y'all that that real. And it was like, Yee! Give me that Ryan yes man. Yeah, he said, what? He done did what? Oh, bring him over here. So, uh, yeah, I do think that the Saints are going to win, but the Bears uh, definitely could win. Um I want to say the Bears are going to win, but Bears haven't done enough against good teams for me to say it, but I think the Bears 
are the will be the kryptonite to the Saints this Sunday. Whoa, calling it is this six seventy the score one year later? Call it. I'm gonna call it. Oh man, I told you this. I told you this uh, the week before last, not last week. Luka Doncic is not gonna be the MVP in the NBA this year. And I'll tell you what, I was afraid to say who I thought was going to be the MVP because I was already going out on a limb saying Luca the Great wouldn't be the MVP. But the person that I actually had being my MVP at that point when I said it was Trey Young. Um, and yeah, that was who I had Ooh. actually as my, when I said it out of my mouth, I was thinking, I think Trey Young may be able to pull it off uh, being the MVP this year. But I could be definitely wrong. And I'm going to take that, 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 take that heat if I am. But I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, give me the Bears with an upset. Fuck it. <laughs> By the way, I have to look at my sons because that's my bold prediction. They're gonna be the fifth seed in that West. So, Number but I'm one mean, right now. But you're saying your sons as far as who can be the MVP? No, remember you were at your playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said they would replace OKC as the fifth seed in the West. Oh yeah, they're they're kidding. Look at what the Sixers are doing. Doc? Oh, the doctors oh, it wasn't Doc. Huh? <laughs> did you see, wait, speaking of the Suns and the Clippers, did you see that Devin Booker was talking track, tra- uh, tra- uh, crap to Paul George? No. That he was a soft-ass motherfucker. Like, he was like, man, you... And so uh, Paul George was like, I don't know what's wrong with people, but a lot of people talking trash to me, and they wasn't talking trash to me like this in the past, but I'm going to let them know. And they just, like, just coming at him, like, dude, you soft as Charmin. Oh, so Paul George deserves everything. Man, he- I, I didn't oh. know Devin Booker was a fan of that Davis show. Oh, it's good sure. to know. Yeah, yeah, he tunes in regularly. Good to know, because we've right. been talking about that for how long? Good You've long. been clowning... Paul George since playoff Pete in the OKC. <laughs> yeah, but then you remember I fell for the Okie Doke. I fell for the Okie Doke when the playoffs began last year. I fell for it. I got it on. I got it on up when I'm wrong. I was like, man, look at this team and look at Paul George. You got a guy like Paul George, man. He can maybe even chance to be the finals. And I felt listen, I was drinking that cool. So I've been reassessing my Kool-Aid drinking. Right, because I'm like, well, you got to understand, like, lately you've been Kool-Aid sipping, right? And I, I, I was Kool-Aid sipping, and then I caught myself, and this was way before they got knocked out. I was like, what the fuck is up with Paul George? But, uh, yeah, you know, before that, Paul George is just uh, can't be trusted. I uh, wish the young man the best, though. I'm happy that he has his money. By no means, like, Paul George has done nothing to me to hate on him uh, having a, a comfortable lifestyle. But when it comes to his job and his complaining, y'all miss me with all that. I'm with you. All right. So what you got for the grabs? Let's do a little bears. And you kind of hinted at it. Wanted to get your thoughts. If there's any way that change is coming for this team with the result on Sunday being a loss, or do you think the band is just coming back together? I think the band is coming back together, but I will say, I wonder if there's truth to the fact they would replace Ryan Pace because he, I think Matt Nagy, I said this before, deserves it more than Ryan Pace as far as production at their craft. Um, I feel like Ryan Pace has blown some draft picks. I mean, especially uh, first round draft picks. But just looking at uh, Cole Commit, Darnell Mooney, um, and also um, Mustafer, uh, who else is uh, uh, Jalen Johnson? You know what I'm saying? He he had one of them classes. You can't even hate on him. You know what I'm saying? And if you get one more of these guys like Gibson or somebody else, 
to pop, you you had a really good draft class, especially not to have a first round pick, even though you had to give up a first round pick because you failed to secure an edge rusher and you had to trade uh, picks away to bring in Khalil Mack. Um, but as what, what at, uh, Matt Nagy has supposed to be done outside of his first year, he hasn't done it. Uh, he's supposed to be an offensive guru and a quarterback whisperer, and neither one of those things have come to fruition. So I think he hasn't done his job as much, but Ryan Pace has had a large, much larger sample size and a much larger sample size has proven failure when it comes to winning losses. Ryan Pace has only had one winning season. Now we can sit there and say he's had two seasons. There was eight and eight, but let's be honest. What do we say? He's had one winning season. Now Matt Nagy can say, I haven't had a losing season yet. He can, mm-hmm. it's semantics. It's semantics. But he can use semantics to, to, to his benefit by saying, you know what? You can never say I went below 500. You know what I'm saying? Ryan Pace can't say that because he has losing seasons before Matt Nagy got there. So the excuse doesn't work. He, like, he would have to say so many different things to get there. He'd be like, hold on. Are you saying you only won one season? Like, he would, you, you would get through the minutia of it all. Uh, so I, I, when hearing the rumors, and I'm not saying that they're fact, um, Ryan Pace should probably go. I mean, I think Matt Nagy should go, too. Um, but you need a better uh, talent evaluator. I mean, that's even when he's saying that he's hit on something. You need guys, some, a guy that can hit one on first-round picks, uh, one, because that way you don't have to spend as much money as you had to do a free agency, um, and now you're in a situation where you're almost capped out. Um, also, you just need a new direction. You need, you need new eyes in the building. And by bringing in a new um, head of football operations, sooner or later, Matt Nagy's going to be gone too, because you know that person – it's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to keep you now because ownership says so because you got a two-year contract and they don't want to waste his money. But um, I'm going to bring in my person because you, you're going to get one person at least uh, then. So I would say what, what we would want is get rid of Pace because sooner or later that person's probably going to get rid of Nagy. Because um, if you get rid of Nagy and the next person Pace bring in, brings in has success, you're not really going to get – they're not going to get rid of Pace. You know what I'm saying? So – if they go that way, I'm, I'm fine with it. But I'd rather them clean house because um, you can't have six straight losses. Uh, you can have last year's season. We can say it's eight and eight. But again, that was a seven and nine season, if not a, 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 a six and ten season. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was definitely that Cowboys game at the end was trash. You know, <laughs> yeah. So they were worse last year. Than the record says. And they, in all fairness, they were worse this year than the record says because a lot of these wins that they've uh, amassed, and I know people say, well, you only can play as running you, it's sucker squads. You know what I'm saying? Now, someone could say, well, what happened if they didn't uh, bench Mitch, perhaps? But the, it wouldn't have mattered because they didn't have Bill Lazor calling the plays. Until you, We can't really say what this team would have been until Matt Nackey gave up play call. Mm-hmm. Because that was the real difference. I definitely bring in Mitch back. But if Mitch was the quarterback and Matt Nagy was doing play calling, Mitch would be out there getting killed. Ooh. Right. And you get, it'd just it'd be crazy. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I would say get rid of Ryan Pace because uh, sooner or later that's going to bring the end to Matt Nagy's reign here in Chicago. Quick follow-up. What about Mitch? If he wins, is he back? Or is he back already? Or He's should he back. just be gone? Um, I mean... So, again, this is from the periphery. I've seen on social media today someone saying the Bears are in the Carson Wentz, um, which I don't even know cap-wise if you can be in that. Yeah, I don't even think that's possible. Right. Um, So if you're saying that you're moving them, if you're going to move off and bring in somebody else who's had at a a certain point in his career a better career, but Carson Wentz hasn't been good in two seasons. 
at least. Um, I can see them getting rid of Mitch, but I think you got to bring Mitch back, you know, because you don't, we don't know if there's a quarterback. It's funny. Our boy went in uh Todd McShay from ESPN's uh, mock draft. Our boy went to, to pick right before the bears. Oh, good. Ryan Pace loves trading up one pick for, I know, right. Right before Trey Lance, <laughs> Trey Lance and he had five quarterbacks going in the first round. Our boy went right before it, dude, it looked like you just jumped into the sky. <laughs> I don't even know how the phone fell. Your picture went like this. It was, like what? It, was like it even hit anything and just. Why are things um, falling? Am but, I on uh, a, a tilt all of a sudden? I don't. I don't know, man. You got to get some rest. But uh, <laughs> everything. <is rest. laughs> My powers. Yeah, but um, I think that Mitch has warranted uh, – if they're going to keep Matt Nagy and Bill Lace is going to be calling plays uh, – another. The problem is this, and I've said this before. The problem is, isn't that a player option that Nick Foles has? And he got the Otto Porter deal. Like, why am I going to let this money go when chances of me getting this type of cash on the open market is minute? So you're going to pay me, and that's a situation where – if you got to get now, you got to give Mitch a two year deal at least. Mitch isn't going to take a one year deal from the Bears. You know, he can go get that someplace else. And someplace else that may be favorable to with a better play caller that can get him more money in the long run, right? So you got to give him a two year deal, probably two years with the option. Hopefully it's a team option and not a player option, right? Or if it's a mutual option. But like, you probably have to do that. Uh, so I would say just from looking at, because I mean, you can't do nothing with Nick Foles. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's oh, just. Yeah. He can cut him. That's what yeah. you can do. Yeah, but you're going to have to eat it. But you can't do nothing with uh, with Nick Foles. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's your option that you got, you, that you have right now. And even if you brought in uh, one of these rookies, um, they still need a minute to get acclimated. And especially if it's our guy, because our guy only played one season in one game. Uh, in a, in don't a, tell uh, me Mitch is coming back. Oh yeah, uh, you better get ready for some more Mitch. Uh, it, lesser league, so I'm sorry. Uh, I think Mitch is gonna definitely be back here, uh, especially and also it, it, it further. If, especially if Ryan Pace is here. If Ryan Pace is here. You know Mitch is coming back. Ryan Pace is like, man, look at my dude right now. Oh God, I need to go throw up for a little bit. Okay, I'll take a second. Go, go right ahead. <laughs> uh, let's move on to something. Non Bears related because I'm I'm getting sick over here. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on old Deshaun Watson and his hurt in I, Texas. So I was reading earlier that he was going to ask for a trade. Uh, we're thinking about it and talked about perhaps asking for. Does it. Ryan Pace have a few first round picks to go get Deshaun Watson? Uh, not this time. Not again. <laughs> But uh, this is the thing. Listen, if I was Deshaun Watson, I'd be like, if Ryan Pace hit me up, I'd be like, man. But, Whatever. Uh, he has a contract you already signed. Give me those first-round picks. Yeah, but you could have you could have drafted me out of college, and you moved up to get somebody that was lesser than me. No make goods? Can we? No, no second no chances? Formal, no formal. And look, how can I trust you? Um, so this is the – so what I initially read was, you know, he was just thinking about it and then putting it as an option. But what I further read right before we started the show from ESPN was he's upset with ownership because he wanted them to at least talk to some of the GM candidates that he thought they should talk to. And they didn't. And they didn't even talk to him about it. 
And he's put out in social media, the same old, same old, as far as and going back to like DeAndre Hopkins incident when nobody told him that DeAndre was going to be traded because they knew he wouldn't go along with it. But they're going to their best player and most important player. J.J. Watt's time has been their most important player is over and their best player. Deshaun Watson, without DeAndre Hopkins, threw for 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and 4,500 yards this year. Deshaun Watson's been the face of the Texans for multiple years. Now. Right. With Kyle Fuller out because he was roiding up so he wouldn't get hurt, so he can finally give some more, some money. Like uh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Thank you, Will Fuller. Uh, don't put that on my Kyle Fuller. Um, <laughs> They get my fullers messed up. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it sounds good. I see the cap hit is 22 mil. But, see, the thing was the cap hit being 22 mil on a team like them, even though I think their cap isn't straight from having to play. Even I think uh, J.J.'s about to come off after this season. But the Larry Tunsil money, yeah. thing, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but, yeah, I would take them in a heartbeat. I mean, oh, hell yeah. I don't see it happening. You know what I'm saying? No. I see their ownership – trading him away because that's the only box office. You'd, you'd have to be a fool, right? He's a well, top five or 10 quarterback, basically. Yeah. I mean, he's a top, no, he's a top, he's a top five quarterback. Well, he's, he's top six, at least. I'll put it like that. He's a top six. I'm good with that. I, I can put him high up. Uh, uh, Patrick. Aaron, Josh Allen. Him and Josh Allen are three and four. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I Josh, got no problem with that. And actually, I would no problem with Deshaun. He's working with less than Josh Allen is right now. So I I thought the world of Deshaun coming into the league, and I think the world of him now. Sean Davis of ESPN producer was the person that got on me about Deshaun should have been the Bears draft pick. He he also got on me this week because I said Alabama is different. And he's talking about that the tie can't handle mobile quarterbacks saying that, you know, Josh Fields is going to do something. He just don't know, boy. Okay. The tie is going to put that ass whooping on. Yeah, that's what I think. Right. Like, you, I I get what you're saying, but that's not that Clemson team from back then. So I'm hate when I have to sit there because that's my Davis brother. It's my cousin. And have to uh, just be like, yeah, I told you now. I know you got me once, but you got to relax sometime. You got to relax. See, that's why I need to be the Bears GM because Deshaun Watson would have been my pick. Easily, I mean, he made the most. He made the easiest sense. Uh, How could he have messed that up? Same reason that people got to go into the Capitol building and got escorted out like they were getting off a ride in Six Flags. Two national championship appearances with one victory over arguably the greatest college program of this millennium. That wasn't enough. That wasn't good enough. You needed a little bit of uh, white went boy North Carolina magic. A kid that only started one year. And he couldn't beat out the dude his junior year. Right. And a, a, a XFL player. He uh, learned a lot, though. He learned right, a lot from right, that. Right. Um, he learned that he wasn't that good. He Listen, and also, he didn't transfer. See, that's that's what I liked, right? Listen. And he, uh, the, what was it, the Honda? Was that yeah, what it was? You were yeah, the Honda. So that and, and going along with that train of thought, you wouldn't trade for Justin Fields because he 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 decided that he wasn't going to be right. back. Right. Um, which when you know when you think about Kirby, <laughs> you know you messed up Kirby, right? Like you last year, Justin Fields should have been the starter for Georgia, right? Like period. You should have known. Like, that's one thing. And, you, and listen, you know I can't stand Dabo Sweeney. I get Dabo props. When when with Brian Kelly, I forget the quarterback that was the backup behind Deshaun Watson. 
When it was Shorty's time to start, I know he transferred to Missouri. Oh, yeah. Um, Kelly something. Kelly. Last name was Kelly. I think it was Brian Kelly. I can't remember. But when that quarterback sat there, and it was like, what, the second game or first game of the season? And he was like, man, I'm going to Trevor Lawrence, man. You ain't got it. And Trevor Lawrence took off like a rocket. Right? Like, yeah, oh. became John Elway as an NFL prospect. So that's, just think about that when you're saying that. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, do you you got to make that move sometime, even if you you have an affinity for a player because of what he's done for you. Kelly Bryant, sorry. Kelly, see, it was, it was flipped. I'm dyslexic. I said Bryant. <laughs> Kelly Bryant. Uh, Kelly Bryant. Well, Kelly Bryant was, was like, man, I'm out. And then he got on that. We didn't even let him get a championship ring or something like that, which is just petty. Um, but Dabble. Uh, yeah, Dabble is Dabble. But uh, still, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you you when you look at that mistake, it's jarring to say the least. Oh my god! Yeah, and then on top of it too, just going back to Mitch. Oh, oh my god! This fuck. You know what? Forget it. I'm not even gonna get started. I'm already too upset. All right, so uh, we'll definitely be back with the flip this weekend as we try to figure out the schedule uh, moving forward uh, during the week. But we're gonna give you this this great content. Uh, definitely be patient. Uh, not patient in a way that we're going to give you some slack, but patient in the way we, we give it to you as we try to figure out schedule-wise what works the best. But we're not going to quit. Uh, we've got national championship recap and, gosh, Bears recap, I guess. Don't say it, man. The Bears are going to win. It's going to be a, a, a great I know. Now you got me sick to my stomach that they might win. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't want you to go to Winning me. just brings everyone back. All the people that we don't want. They're coming back anyway. It's one of those things where you, you can't. Can I have a little hope? Christ. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But, I mean, this also tells you where I'm at with the Bears, where I'm not even going to let that ruin my day because they do stuff like that anyway. And when you're dealing with somebody that you know they're going to do what they do, it doesn't make sense for you to get all crazy about it. Because that they so you got the Sunday games watching, and I'll take the Saturday games so that I don't have to watch the Bears. I got you, no, but no problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely, uh, always appreciate it that you take a time out of your day, your evening, your day, your morning to spend some time with Ryan and myself. Um, definitely be safe out there during this pandemic um, and be mindful of others regardless of their ignorance or not. Uh, And as I said earlier, we always appreciate it.